And a lot of that has to do with the quality of the water content in the cells that you have in your skin. If your cells are not plump and they're not holding on and retaining that moisture, that lattice that holds it nice and tightly is like kind of loose and it, it allows penetration of dirt and grime. This and is like leaky gut for your skin. Yes, it is. Leaky skin. Leaky, you have leaky skin. skin. <laughs> oh, that's <sounds> awful. <laughs> uh, well, kind of is awful. It's no fun. <laughs> You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome back, Rebel Heart Nation. Hello. We're here. We are recording another episode face-to-face, and we're so happy about it. More than one. Yay. <laughs> Hi, friend. Hi. <laughs> I love that we've been together for more than like a half hour, 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it brings us back to the old days. Yes. The old recording days. Oh, man. Those were all-day ragers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. I mean, this is basically the same. It's an all-day rager. Uh-huh. Get we're recording done. three episodes today, you guys, just so you know. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> we're getting ahead because June and July is going to be a crap show. Oh, man. Summertime just came hard at us, didn't it? <laughs> it really did. So what's up with you? Uh, speaking of summertime, <laughs> like I feel... Whenever I get like springtime, I am just so anxious to be outside and like be in the better weather and things like that, that it's like my porch, my back porch becomes a huge focus for me. And it sounds kind of silly, but it's like we, we go from like no plants on our porch because we have very seasonal plants on our back porch to like <laughs> color and greenery. And it's just like our pots are overflowing with plants and we just got plants this last weekend. So it's, it's my back porch is my fountains on and it's like oh and uh but there's always been this part of my porch that I've always reserved for I'm gonna turn that into my like chill it's gonna be like my oasis it's gonna be where I'm gonna hang out like the barbecues over in the corner and I, I just I've always wanted it to be that this is my fourth summer living in this home and I haven't done it yet and I'm so irritated now is the time and i am willing that sucker into existence it is (laughs) happening i mean i it's to the point where really financially it's not a huge priority for us but in my mind it is like (laughs) you might have to marry those two things together (laughs) right i have to like yeah compromise somewhere so (laughs) 
so right now it's been kind of fun because my husband is an amazing craftsman like he can build just about anything especially if he has kind of a visual understanding of what i need or i'm going for and so i have some really basic like furniture plans that he's going to be doing on the back deck for me which i'm so excited about i already took my uh, outdoor rug and it's already in place and all i've got right now is these like tommy bahama folding chairs from costco (laughs) (laughs) but it's like giving me the vibes giving me the feel like i can sit out there i can be like i am making the right decision by obsessing over this right now so (laughs) i feel like i had to obsess over it a little bit too in order to get mine get it done rolled out and done and i did it last summer but it definitely needs a refresh this summer because we've left it all outside the whole time (laughs) you kind of have to to a certain extent i mean mine's fully covered is yours is fully covered isn't it but it's like yeah but i mean you definitely yeah exactly yeah, I think that's going to be the same for me, but I think it's going to be like, we'll bring the cushions in sort of a thing. I don't know. I'm still that's trying we, to figure that's it out. That's what we did. We brought the cushions in. But I spent, um, I really disconnected from like social media and from my phone um, over for probably the last week. And over the weekend, it, the weather was just so nice. I literally spent the majority of Saturday cleaning my barbecue. <laughs> that sounds like the worst activity on the planet to me. <laughs> polished so it's like it. a terrible way to spend a saturday i know skyler's like i don't understand and i'm like it okay we love barbecuing and there was something i don't know what happened at the end of the barbecuing season last year and just never got properly clean and it was like <laughs> if money were not a thing i probably would have just like i was just away. gonna say can well also <laughs> like is paying for someone to clean your barbecue a thing oh when my kids are old enough i'll be like here's 20 bucks this is your job this is your job until it's done like i would have totally can't wait to outsource chores to children paxton can (laughs) i sound really evil (laughs) (laughs) child labor (laughs) no learning responsibility that's what that is but paxton finally can turn on the lawnmower by himself that's a good day it's a good day he can like pull that cord because it's like a yeah it's like a it's powered but you have to be able to hold it and like harness it Mm because it will like go you know and he's not a big kid no he's a very like he's a little kid yeah i mean he's, he's nine but he's a spindly nine <laughs> spindly <laughs> i'm gonna start calling little man spindly spindly <laughs> so i mean it's there's there's just a lot of exciting like seasonal things happening for me but the very top of my mind is kind of obsessing over this back porch because i mean we've got um i don't know how this happened but we have a tire with a rim and everything that just got busted in um, a small accident that it's like we could go take it to a junkyard and it just never has made it. So we're totally going to like rope that sucker and turn it into an ottoman, which I'm excited about. And that's going to go on my back porch. Pinterest, look it up. It's so good. It's, oh, it's fun. It's okay. like little, they're like little tuffets to sit on. <laughs> I like that. I love it. He's, okay. My Skylar doesn't get it. He's like, what? I, don't, and I was like, just, just, don't worry. The vision. Don't worry about it. Trust the vision. It's gonna be fine. And I've got to like, I gotta like hang up my wind chimes, and I like, I'm excited to just create my space. But it's more than just I want it to be my beautiful space, and I've wanted it for a long time. It's I'm a little nervous to switch my life over to summertime schedule with my kids and not have boundaries because I'm really bad at that. Like I, I'm Amen, trying to sister. be. <laughs> I'm trying very hard to have pre-planned boundaries set up, like. We, we tried this last summer, but we're going to try it again this summer where we have very, um, and it worked really well, a very regimented day. And that used to scare me because I, I don't like 
that pressure of because I obliged to anything right um but this has been really it was really lovely for my kids and I it's like we had a set schedule and it was most days of the week when there was nothing planned or there was nothing going on it was like that was key that was the master so it was things like you know when when mama comes down in the morning like all technology goes away and then we go straight into let's make sure we're well fed let's make sure our morning chores are done let's um and then from then on they have to um earn media time or earn um money they can choose one or the other but they can't have both so it's like they do a chore and they're trying to save for a treat or save for a toy um they have to decide it's like you're you're working towards something so i love that pick it and it worked so well and i took um tongue depressors and wrote chores on them and on the back side it was showed the value of like t- media time <coughs> or money and um that's pretty genius it, it, it was amazing i can't where did you get that idea pinterest Man, it was like pinterest. one pinterest post all your parenting needs pinterest yes well because we also had this chore chart that was like non-negotiables it was like things that have to get done that are going to get done you're not going to get paid for them like this is you you know things like making your bed brush your teeth um some of the non-negotiables for me are things like um dishes are is their job like there are some things that you just have to do because you're a human being and you live in this house like <laughs> i love that I yeah think that's great and it's not overwhelming it's like four things in the morning four things in the afternoon and then four things right before bed so it's not overwhelming and it's timed so it's like it's like timely it's not like here's all the things do them it's this is what needs to be done now this is what needs to be done now you know and then um after lunch we siesta i'm like no technology in your rooms have some alone time quiet time have some quiet time let your body digest you know it's like um everybody needs that down regulation time and at first they were always like oh siesta over everything and then about halfway through the summer they started to kind of enjoy it and so it's like having some of those things in place are good for me but they're also at the age now where they can do a lot on their own and i still have to work (laughs) like I still have things that need to be done and I can't just leave the house you know so it's just like trying to set and I feel like my porch is part of that setup process like if they want to be outside or um if they like if my we also my mom teaches piano in my house so there's that there's just a lot of moving pieces and parts going on and so I think I think I'm going to try to have that oasis in the back porch be kind of part of when I need to get work done sometimes or to like get away or you know so I'm just kind of obsessed because I'm nervous <laughs> like I'm really nervous but I'm trying to set up the processes trying to set up the boundaries so everyone can feel successful so mama's not stressed out at the end of the day and like things like that but what about you what do you what's up at the top of your noggin I have I'm trying to work on uh, having a solid work stop time at the end of the day. Ooh, hard stop. Hard stop. Mm-hmm. I've never done that before. Never? Ever. I mean, Ever? It, it, since I started working for myself. Yeah, I was like, that makes sense. <clears throat> because the work's when never you're, done. <laughs> well, for real. And when you're in this building phase, it's really, really easy, especially for my personality type, to get kind of bogged down and feel like that's the biggest priority and that should take precedent to everything because that's what's going to help your family and it's like well you actually still need time with your family too and not that I don't get that I do but um I'm often very distracted and also I need to have like a a solid to-do list for the day but be able to 
like let it go if it's not all done mm-hmm. um and so I'm trying to work really hard on setting up some great processes and systems in my business. Yeah. Um, but having like a solid stop time and I'm making the stop time kind of early so I can actually get my mind right before my family gets home in oh, the I evening. Love that. So I'm, we're starting with four. My okay. goal is to move to three during the summer mm, Yeah. and have that be my work stop time. And I'm not starting work until... Like solid, like work, work until like 11 a.m. But mm-hmm. I, I should be able to do everything I need to do in about four hours a day. <clears throat> and it's so much different to get focused work time. That's like mm-hmm. very intentional versus, you know. I feel that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working hard on that and just in an effort to get more, more rest and yeah. really work on those priorities. And one of the things that, you know, I talked about last week was just this idea of like struggling with stillness and rest Mm -hmm. and that concept. And so I'm trying to create some hard boundaries too. And so I've actually been working more outside my home, which means going to a coffee shop or something like that. I don't have an office or like a co-working space anywhere near me. Mm -hmm. And that has been really good for me. I Um, I get a lot more done and yeah, it involves buying a cup of coffee and spending money, but you would be if you were renting a space too. Exactly. And so, and I mean, that's <laughs> what we talked about when I stopped renting a space mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but it's just, I just always get in like budget mode slash like head down. I'm like, well, I can just do this at home. It's fine. I'm just simply not as productive at home. And then also what I found is that home is not feeling relaxed and calm home is feeling stressful because home is is work for me yeah and so I have a couple of you know a day or so each week where I have to be home to you know like I'm packaging up beauty counter samples or gifts and sending those out or I'm you know do any sort of mail correspondence with my team or I am you know doing kind of admin based work or like food photography I have to be home for that but outside of that I can get the heck out of the house and so having that boundary (laughs) of work not being so much at home has actually been really good for me. And that's just been the last week or so that I've been doing that. Yeah. Um, and after returning from that mastermind retreat, that was a really good conclusion that we all kind of came to as a group for me specifically. Mm. It's like, oh, you need to work needs to not be at home for you yeah, as much as you can. Sanctuary. Yeah. And especially since we live in such a small space, there's no like escaping that. In yeah. There's any no way. like compartmentalized room. That's like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's another reason why, since we had to record together today, I was like, oh, I'm leaving my house to work. This is great. Because <laughs> normally if we were recording the podcast, I would have to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, at home, obviously, you can't be recording at a coffee shop. So that'd be noisy. That would be terrible. I feel like in a lot of ways, some of the the struggle that you're having with learning to rest also has a lot to do with our society like we are so we so celebrate the hustle we celebrate the busy and we celebrate achievement and that the idea of the definition of achievement I think needs to shift a little bit and I've been seeing more and more people talk about this but I I just want to continue that conversation of we don't need to be busy to be successful in fact like we were talking about the definition of success right yeah one of the ladies in my mastermind group I literally just grabbed out my notebook because I wrote this down um but thinking of ease as a measure of success and I was like oh that's good that's that's That's, good that's good so good um I know you said that to me when we were on the phone a few days ago and that really made so much sense to me because when you it like 
in your mind when you think for a second about people that you admire that are really successful i'm talking like next level like untouchable successful <laughs> you know what i mean when you think about those people they don't seem frantic uh-uh they don't seem stressed they're they are they are and they ease. probably are stressed in some ways i'm sure they have stressful moments but they don't live in that constant state yes yeah and the hustle mode I mean, there. I guess there's a time for that, mm-hmm. but I've literally been doing that for five years, and it's not serving me. <laughs> right? Um, what? What do you mean? <laughs> it's not serving me. I mean, things you can't are, run constant marathons, right? What? what? <laughs> Hello, adrenal exhaustion. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> if you guys can relate, I hope I hope this discussion around rest is helpful. It's going to continue to evolve for sure. Um, I imagine we'll probably be doing an episode on rest, true rest. Ooh. I think that would be fun. Ooh. I want to get into Should I the, write this down? <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to get into the, like the science, like true rest for your brain and your, your body, body, mind, <laughs> body, all the things. Yeah. So uh, today's episode, I'm so excited. You guys, we are starting a skin typing series. Oh, yes. This is something something you guys have been asking for as far as resources go from Genevieve. And so what we're going to talk about today are why typing your skin is important and um, kind of the the ins and outs of each skin type at a very like high level overview. And then we are going to be releasing one episode for each skin type so that you can reference that and um, share it with people who it might be able to help. Um, or re-reference you know, it. Like yeah, in the past things. we've gone into like specific skin conditions and we probably will do that in the future as well. But rosacea specifically has been one of those things that you guys really responded to like crazy. It is um, almost double as far as our most listened to episode on the podcast. And so that is something. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. So we're really paying attention. And a lot of the questions that you guys get are like, how do I know what my skin type is? And, you know, what do I do once I know? And oh, there's so many and or if qualified statements. Yeah. So all of that moving forward. So basically, um, you know, our our first episode is going to just be about this overview of skin types. And then we'll go through and have an episode for each skin type. They'll probably only release one a month. So we're not yeah. just like skin health heavy for however long. Right? <laughs> we did think about that, but it's we're going like, oh. to sprinkle it. But it'll yeah. be a big series, probably end up being about a five, five or six part series that we do over the next several months. So it's really inspired by you guys. It's really inspired by the things that we feel the most impact in at this moment i mean there's other things that you guys have really consumed a lot of and loved too but we feel like there's so much that could be said about all the different skin types because there's so much diversity right and there's so many different circumstances and things that there's a lot to say yep what better way to do it than record it in a podcast yeah and we'll get into i mean within each skin type some nutritional recommendations too so i'll be i'll be bringing that to the table for everybody um because guess what? Your skin is an outer presentation of what is going on inside. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Weird. <laughs> Heavily related to hormones and environmental toxins and all sorts of things. So we'll, we'll dig deeper into that. So let's jump in. Um, I really want to hit home with this from the get-go. Knowing your skin type 
in in figuring out like where you want to go with your goals for your skin and making any changes knowing your skin type is so important oh yeah this is like knowing your enneagram type and personal development right it's the (laughs) same it's the same thing Mm -hmm. um and when it under comes to understanding your skin type and how it adapts to all kinds of circumstances and seasons is really huge and genevieve has taught me so much about seasonal skincare but she's also taught me about how much that changes for each skin type Mm -hmm. so you know she might give some instruction on how to change your cleansers or your moisturizers or whatever from season to season or as climate changes if you're in different areas but the truth is that also can be adjusted for each skin type mm-hmm. um, and then also your skin type might change over time absolutely yeah which we'll talk more about that um, but you guys you know duh your skin is your body's largest organ what you put on it matters right True. but also like the complexity and the intelligence of your skin is crazy. Oh, man. It's just as complex and intelligent as your heart, your lungs, your liver, all your other vital organs. Um, and if you're using products that are either like too harsh or um, just not right for your skin, eventually you can deal with some skin issues popping up. Or if you have internal issues, that can change the health of your skin. Um, but taking the time to learn your skin specific needs can really help you choose the right options that will balance your skin and result in healthier, like healthier skin, a more radiant complexion, like all the things that you want. And I think every person's skin is so unique and there'll be nuances and kind of give and take to each of these types as we discuss them. But there are kind of a few common skin types. I'm sure you can guess what they are um, <laughs> that can kind of help you at least identify. So this is like learning your Enneagram type, right? And then you figure out your wings after that. Yeah. <laughs> so like find out your skin type and then there's going to be some variation within that for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe seasonally, maybe as you age, maybe um, as keep you in mind nutritional changes. This might blow your mind a little bit. You might have been mistyping yourself for quite some time. Oh, guaranteed right yeah yeah so many people that I talk to they think they know their skin type and then we talk about I'm like oh not really Mm -hmm. um so and that's actually something that I did for a very long time so this is why I want to speak to how important this is um for the longest time I had um acneic skin I thought I had oily skin because to me acneic and oily were the same thing yeah like they have oil you have acne. That yeah. means you acne, have oily, acne is caused by excess oil production, which is not necessarily true, right? Mm-hmm. It's an inflammatory condition of the skin. Yes. So um, you can have dry acneic skin. You can have oily mm-hmm. acneic skin. You can have normal slash combo slash acneic skin. Oh, yes. You can have like uh-huh. all sorts of different kinds of acne. Like there's so, oh, yeah. so many pieces of it. And so for me, this was actually really huge. And I've definitely talked about it on the podcast before. But for me, I have dry acneic skin Mm -hmm. and most of my acne issues have to do with me either over drying or under moisturizing my skin. So this was a really big revelation for me when I shifted my skincare to focus more on cell turnover and chemical exfoliation, which helps with that cell turnover. I'm so proud of you right now. (laughs) And then and then almost like over moisturizing always Mm -hmm. which is not over it just is like sufficient moisture but in our head what we think is like enough moisture for our skin is often not enough 
And that has to do with so much of like the lack of nutrients and the foods that we eat. And that's not just in our food choices. That's like in the soil. But also has a lot to do with grown in improper product absorption in your skin, which speaks more to your cell turnover problems. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So a lot of that, a lot of those issues have like, I like I get breakouts sometimes, but they're usually from a food that I ate and I can actually like really suss it out. Like I really know. Like, like, oh, oh, I did that to myself. (laughs) Um, Oh, sugar for me. Yeah. And there's a couple of ways you can kind of figure out what your skin type is at home. And we actually talked about this a little bit in episode four, way, way back. Ooh, back in the a day. A year ago um, <laughs> on uh, on healing dry skin from within. That was the episode. And we talked a lot about kind of oil dry versus water dry skin and how to figure it out through basically like a blot test. But you can do a similar sort of thing in kind of figuring out what your skin type is just in general. And so my favorite way to have people do this is actually um, barefaced. So you cleanse your face really thoroughly with like a very mild cleanser, nothing too stripping. Um, so we're not talking like charcoal and all sorts of like something that's like kind of a moisturizing cleanser that's really mild. Mm-hmm. Um, gently pat your skin dry and then leave your skin bare. Don't apply any moisturizer, serums, treatments, nothing. Just bare skin. Um, and see kind of what the situation is after about 30 suss minutes in. Yes, yeah, suss it out. Um, figure, figure out like, you know, examine your cheeks, your chin, your nose, your forehead. See if you have any shine. You can kind of check it again in another 30 minutes. Sometimes this happens a lot faster than 30 minutes or an hour. It would for me. I yeah. have uber dry skin and yeah. I would know within 10 minutes. It would be, it would be tight. And same. Sure. I, my skin is so tight if I don't moisturize it right away because every once in a while, I'll cleanse and then get distracted by motherhood. And then you're like, oh, okay. Um, I need to moisturize my How skin because it like, feel like that. It's so tight. <laughs> um, and that's actually like if your skin feels tight after you moisturize too, that's a good sign that you actually need more moisture than you're giving it um, or more cell turnover, exfoliation, yeah. or all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So there's something that's being left to be desired there. Um, and so actually after that period of time, you can kind of evaluate like if your skin feels parched, like especially if you smile or make facial expressions and it feels tight, um, your skin is likely dry. <laughs> um, but you probably already know that. Um, and then if you've got shine on your cheeks in addition to your forehead and nose, then you most likely have oily skin. And obviously there's lots of room in between those two places. Um, you could, and you, you can, could see both. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could see both. Maybe you're oily in your T zone, and you maybe you feel dry in your cheeks, or maybe you feel normal in your cheeks. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So you may have combination skin if that's the case. So if it's somewhere kind of in between those two things, you're probably in that combo skin place. Yeah, and right. So those are like the the kind of types of skin that we know of are are oily, dry normal combination and then essentially mature which mature can kind of house all of those other types too totally Um, y'all get older (laughs) y'all everybody gets older (laughs) um and so you know you can kind of suss out where you're at as far as the spectrum of skin types go and then figure out where to move forward from there and today we're not going to talk a lot about recommendations for each type we're just going to go over kind of Genevieve's going to go over for us our skincare expert thank god for her um (laughs) kind of defining characteristics of each type 
and um, maybe some possible causes or um, relationships between other things that you may have going on in the body and then some variations in that skin type that you might want to pay attention to. So maybe then you've got like these subtypes that you could throw yourself into that category and maybe get even more of a clear picture of what needs to be done. And then in these um, the following series of skin skin type episodes, we'll be talking a lot more about what's causing this issue, what to do, what to focus on in, in what your to avoid, efforts, what to avoid, mm-hmm. yeah, ingredients to avoid, ingredients to look for, um, how to care for your skin, and then, you know, kind of some next steps for you. But one of the things I love hearing you talk about, Jen, is kind of this misnomer around combination skin mm-hmm. and how it's this like, tra- it's not really a skin type it's like a transitionary stage yeah if we're balancing combo skin correctly you shouldn't notice that your combo that much like you might in times of imbalance but yeah. it's it's more of a i mean you can look at a combo skin as a a state that your skin is living in because it needs something mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's like normal skin that's moving toward one yeah. end or the other as far as dry and oily is concerned. Yeah. Because so. in a perfect world, we'd all be normal skin, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we just know that our bodies are going to be living in certain states depending on the situations our skin are in or, or the environment, like all the things. So um, a lot of people feel that they are combo skin and that they're resigned to always being oily in their T-zone and then they've always got weird texture everywhere else, everywhere else on their face. And I'm like, well, you know, we can work on that. <laughs> like, I would love to help you balance that as best as you can. Because the goal, if you have oily skin or you have dry skin, is to get to normal. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, all of these can kind of be looked at as this like transitionary state, but especially combo. Like you're really mm-hmm. in between some space there. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about dry first. So tell us more about like what are kind of the defining characteristics of dry skin. Yeah, I feel like I can talk about dry skin very intimately (laughs) let's do it i have such dry skin oh my goodness my skin uh i find that uh the biggest characteristic is flaky 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 like you makeup is difficult because you find that you get texture after a few hours and you're like why do i have this on my face it makes it look worse and so uh, dry skin is also that tight feeling if in a lot of people with dry skin if you have that feeling any other time than just when you wash your face like there's definitely more that can be done because that feeling should not be there right like you should be feeling supple and moisturized and all the things so that dry tight feeling anytime throughout the day is definitely dry skin um you can also notice the flaking is specifically to like the top of the brow um sometimes um around the chin um and the jawline and the cheek and things like that um another thing that i didn't talk about before is patches of red if you've got patches of red on your face or you like feel kind of ruddy like your skin looks ruddy and um more defined borders of red in just places and i'm not talking like oh you just worked out and you're red it's just i i got out of bed and i'm already red you know that's a good sign of dry skin Another thing to look for is if you find that you are sensitive to specific products, not just ingredients themselves, but, you know, depending on the time of year, you find that you fluctuate from season to season in your sensitivity to product. That's another clear sign that you are in the dry category. So the one thing about dry skin is a lot of people are like, but why? (laughs) Why do I have dry skin? Because it feels chronic. It feels frustrating 
uh, it feels because it can be kind of a challenge to get through. It almost feels like you can't ever catch up to it. Yeah. It's like it's like this constant like you need to moisturize three times a day instead of twice. And right. like, um, but a lot of it has to do with do you are you oil dry or are you water dry? And can you tell the difference? We're definitely going to cover that at length in this episode. And um, when we talk about just dry skin. But we do we do cover it a little bit in episode four, I believe. Yeah, we definitely went into oil dry and water dry. Yeah. And I talked a lot about more of the internal mechanisms in that episode about how to kind of what do we look for? Like, why is your skin oil dry versus water dry? And, how and actually, that's very applicable because most the dry skin <laughs> issues are happening because of some internal mechanism. 100%. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, but a lot of the other things that we can look for in causes have to do with your genetics environmental factors like what kind of um lifestyle you're leading are you around a lot of pollution do you are you do you get exposed to uv rays a little more consistently and all the time what's your diet like hormonal changes all of those things climate Uh, but dehydration is also the leading cause for dry skin so that can also speak to a lot about your water consumption i'm sure that comes as no surprise but it is very important because our body needs that water to be able to bind it and keep it in the skin because it is the last organ to get water really it's like the body just doesn't need it it's non-essential yes exactly yeah Yeah. and honestly and that we're always going to go back to this right minerals electrolyte balance Mm -hmm. and hydration is really important so you can't just drink a bunch of water and be like hey i'm fully hydrated it's like no you need minerals to enable water to cross the cell barrier that was for nutrition changer for me <laughs> so you you really can't be truly hydrated without minerals and this is why like your diet and your hydration is crucial in your skincare <laughs> like yeah this, this matters this is like building blocks right people <laughs> literally like cells are building blocks <laughs> this, is, this is how literally. it works yeah and then and that's um water dry and then oil dry is you know a different situation but mm-hmm. you know that's a whole nother like do we need some gallbladder support digestive support that's so are you breaking down your fat is it being turned into those building blocks for cells that you need for high quality cell membranes and all that kind of stuff so and i gotta say guys like over <laughs> some serious concerned effort over figuring out my body from the inside out i was both Mm-hmm. I was just dry, 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 just dry, dry, dry. dry. Oh, also man. same. Yeah, also same. <laughs> I mean, it's very possible to. Well, yeah. Another couple of things you mentioned as far as defining characteristics go in our conversations is like chronically dry lips. Yes. And I deal with that too. And I definitely notice when I'm dehydrated, like water dry. That's the first I, thing to go for yes, me. That, I was like, woo. When my lips start when to I'm get like starting to have to put a lot of lip balm on, like there's, there's something going on. I don't know if you guys experience this if you have dry skin. When you get to the point where your lips are starting to feel kind of stinky on their own that's that's when i'm like emergency status where's my minerals yeah (laughs) and and then another thing that i experience when my skin i'm dealing with dry skin it's just a little more sensitivity to active ingredients or just specific products yeah wintertime's tough for that because there's so much going on externally you've talked a lot about like pulling out a toner during the winter months Mm -hmm. and just focusing on like healing and hydration Yes, 100%. That is probably the number one thing I can recommend for most skin types is take a look at your actives, especially for dry skin, though. Well, and it it seems like a lot of the recommendations that might come for winter skin are just good for dry skin, period, regardless of Everyone's drier. Everyone's drier in the winter. Yeah. Everyone. So if you have dry skin anyway, like you really got to double do. It's kind of like oily skin in the summertime, though. Like my skin loves summertime. 
my skin loves that like extra moisture content like the less dehydration Mm -hmm. and oily skin's going why you know it gets a little more more oily in the winter in the summer and then you get to winter and it flip-flops so it's like there's there's definite things you can do to be able to help both in their respected seasons yeah so what are some more um causes some more causes are have a lot to do with um what kind of things you're taking in like are you are you on a diuretic i mean i know i've had some skin consultations lately where they're prescribed a diuretic for their conditions that they're working with and so it changes how we deal with the skin topically so i mean it depends on are you on a medication that can be which i honestly think that that is something that is not talked about enough is take a look medication yeah take a look at your medication ask your doctor, do a little research on the type of medication you have, and you might find that a lot of them will be more drying than you probably thought. And you guys, birth control is in this category. True. I'm just going <laughs> to we'll put it right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right there. There's a reason why a lot of, a lot of women experience ex- like a lot more acne on birth control or no acne on Ooh, birth control right it's like it's the you're it's a huge it's a hormonal shift you know yes 100%. so and i also have to mention too from like a nutritional perspective when we're talking about diuretics not just like the pill like right alcohol and caffeine mm-hmm. and you know black tea like caffeinated teas um those are all diuretics and so those are things that you really need to pay attention to your consumption make sure you're getting like half your body weight in ounces of water per day plus a little bit more and that'll help really address that that's like first step that's your first step if you yes. get dry skin that's your first step just first step. evaluate that water consumption yes and throw some pinches of high quality sea salt in your water a couple times a day a little bit of lemon, lemon some trace minerals all the good things that's the first thing that i do when i know i'm dehydrated i mean i have several signs that i look for it really is a preventative measure though oh yes and yeah it's the first thing i reach for because i'm like oh i realized that i haven't been participating in the preventative measures for it so dry skin yeah there's there's a lot more that could be said but we'll have a whole episode on it what about some variations um variations you can absolutely see this surprises people you can absolutely have dry acne prone skin that's me yeah right example right here and a lot of that has to do with the quality of the water content in the cells that you have in your skin if your cells are not plump and they're not holding on and retaining that moisture that lattice that holds it nice and tightly is like kind of loose and it it allows penetration of dirt and grime this and this is like yuck. leaky gut for your skin yes it is leaky skin leaky, have leaky skin, skin. <laughs> oh that's <sounds laughs> awful uh well kind of is awful it's no fun because <laughs> it because uh, most people that have dry acne prone skin are using acne products and it is literally the last thing that you need oh my gosh i used to use all of the astringents and oh yeah scrub the, the apricot scrub oh, and the clean gosh, and, gonna make me cry clean and clear <laughs> pore scrub <Noxzema>. plastic <laughs> microbeads noxema oh, also like uh the Menthol, astringent pads the oh. pads you know oh, that like you wipe it off and they're oh, usually textured oh, oh my yeah. poor skin i think i did i did nothing but physically exfoliate my skin i think and that's not be- and not moisturize oh. because it was <laughs> like oh if you have acne and every they, they just put it in your head it's like especially if as teenagers you have, right if mm-hmm. you have acne well you really don't want to be putting moisture on your skin so, yeah, everything should be oil free right Oh gosh! Oh, gosh. I crossed my eyes so hard just now. <laughs> your skin needs oil. Yes, our skin needs oil and, and that, water. That was a really big. Actually, using facial oils were a very big transformative thing for me. You know what's interesting about that? 
is that this is where skin typing becomes incredibly important. If you are oil acne prone, that's not what you need. <laughs> so it's like understanding where those character characteristics lie and yes. what that means are so important. But I will tell you right now, a very mass majority of the people that I've seen for acne are actually dry acne. Amen, sister. Mass majority. And you're becoming acneic because you're over drying your skin and your sebum production is going out of control or you're getting trying to protect yeah or you're getting bacteria that's hanging out on the skin because you're not you're not getting any cell turnover like your cells will not turn over if they're not hydrated yes they will just turn into a crusty like flaky yeah so if you have a lot of texture Mm -hmm. not just like i think the hard thing for me was i i didn't know i had dry skin because i don't have flaky skin yes with the exception of my nose sometimes Mm -hmm. um but i i got i would get texture yes and i'd be like oh Okay, well, what does this mean? I must have acne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yes. yep. There's a massive difference between milia, which is like the white, almost clear, like bumpies, and uh, small breakouts that come to a head that are red. That's a breakout. I mean, that's a bacterial mm-hmm. breakout, whereas the first one has no bacteria in it. It's just like a hard a lot mass of lipids and skin cells that have like almost like <laughs> calcified is the wrong word but kind of you know gotten hard like that and then you get that cap of skin cells over the top of it and it's like genuinely depending on the depth of where that is and the intensity of how hard that is sometimes you need a professional to go in and extract it mm-hmm. like to get it out like literally like cut it out and it's like not like a cyst because it doesn't sit deep it's very very superficial it's very surface but depending on some people but if the outer skin is so thick because those cells have built up yes because they're not sloughing off then that can cause an issue i used to get like a pretty decent amount of milia like along the very top of my cheekbone Mm -hmm. so like i was like i can never wear highlighter because i have all the texture (laughs) yeah i Um, remember that but after the resurfacing peel like using the beauty counter resurfacing peel that's been a really big game changer for my dry acneic skin yes because it's made all my other products absorb so much better and I don't get new milia at all. For sure. So that's Well, then the awesome. next variation on there is, so like I could do a whole episode on dry acne because there's so much to say, but the, the next we variation. May. We might, honestly. You guys let us know. Uh, the next variation I want to talk about is oil dry or water dry, like either one of those. And they present themselves slightly differently. Oil dry comes across as, first of all, you don't produce oil. Like your face never feels oily. You've most likely got the flakes going on because the the that the fat lipids are what kind of bind things and keep them plump and keep them um, lubricated almost. So if you're oil dry, you're most likely experiencing more flakes. If you're water dry, you're gonna you're there's not gonna be buoyancy to your skin cell. Like your your skin's gonna feel less. You're gonna feel like you you look and feel older than you are mm. when you're water dry. Like there there's different tests you can do like pinching your forehead together. If you if you're water dry and you pinch your forehead together and let go. The, the any ridges that were formed will stay longer mm. i'm both it's fun i was gonna say she just pinched her forehead and her little line stayed a little bit yeah <laughs> i know I'm, i work on it seriously like daily some days it's better than others i think it depends on how good i'm doing with my um, water intake and so the one one of the reasons why that works on your forehead is because there's not a lot of like fat tissue yeah. or any sort of tissue in between like your bone 
and your skin. Yep. Um, and so there's mostly just like water moving through that, right? Yep. And absolutely. hydration. There's less um, complication. Than that one, of the, one of the tests we do for hydration in um, nutritional therapy is along the shin bone. Hmm. And you put your, your thumb into your shin um, with a decent amount of pressure and you pull it back. And if it gets back and gets plump, like you're Same hydrated. Concept. Yeah. And yeah. if it stays as like an indent, like we got to look at hydration and yep. few, there's a few other factors too. Oh, that's a cool that. one. I've never heard I just that one. That. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. The last variation I want to talk about is dry slash reactive slash sensitive. That all kind of goes together. Like, so if you find that your skin, you're just like, Oh, this, this product was too much for me. I either got itchy. I got red or throughout the day I just felt like my skin felt uncomfortable like I just felt um irritated because of product then you most likely fall in this category even if you don't see the flaking because that breakdown of the 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 barrier of your skin of being and having it be slightly broken like the leaky skin we were talking about absolutely is part of this reactive sensitive because what happens is the product actually penetrates deeper than it normally would or should otherwise and there's no fat because those junctures aren't like tight right they're loose and there's no fat lipids to buffer those those sensitizers Mm -hmm. and products are formulated to work with skin you know and so (laughs) if your skin is missing some of its foundational efforts it's gonna react that's weird. so interesting i and this is another reason why i didn't know i had dry skin because i didn't have flaky skin right but i definitely definitely had like that reactivity and sensitivity to like even high quality like good anti-aging probably especially high quality uh-huh uh-huh they <laughs> penetrate and they like do the work right yeah 100 percent. okay oily is next Ooh, oily okay so this one's fun for me because um oily gets overtyped too much right like there are very few people very few people in north america most likely (laughs) that have truly oily skin because oily skin is not just oh i'm oily by mid-afternoon it's like well there's a lot more that could be said about that so truly understanding if you are oily skin or not i i love helping people skin type themselves when they think they're oily um when i was in the med spa world i actually loved when i came across somebody who truly had oily skin because i felt like there was just so much to say about it (laughs) whereas people that thought they did but they don't i was like okay it was like a re-educational experience you know of like okay this is where you're at but some of the defining characteristics of truly oily skin is large pores on the nose and i'm not talking about just seeing your pores everyone can see their pores dry skin too yeah, when she started to say this, I was like, this might be me. And she's like, no, honey, no, like no, you're no. not. <laughs> Dude, like large pores. Like if you were standing about a foot away from somebody and you felt like you could take the pin, a pinpoint and pin where their pores are about a foot away, those are large pores. Yeah. That, that's, that's some large pores. And there's actually a difference between swelling in the skin that makes the pore more defined and a truly large pore like dilated pores yeah like truly large pores and the reason why they are so big is the body is pushing out so much sebum so much oil opens that up more. it stretches the pore and so it's painfully obvious when you see somebody with large pores that they have oily skin and if somebody's like i have oily skin and i look at them i can <laughs> it like, almost feels like a magic trick i mean no you don't <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? You're like, no. No, no. Uh, but also, some of the things to look for, oily skin looks, actually, they carry their age very well. People with oily skin tend to have more protective measures naturally to their skin, so they're uh, more protected from pollution, um, free radicals. Like, the body, that's the body's protective measure is oil. So most people that have oily skin have a lot to do with their ancestry and a lot of it has to do with what part of the world did their body naturally need that protection you know so we see a lot of people that have um i mean they just traverse the years with grace like they've just got very few fine lines their skin is supple that sort of a thing. So um, another thing to look for is that their makeup just slides off the face. This is absolutely true. Somebody who truly has oily skin, when they sit in my makeup chair and I know they have oily skin, I'm like, okay, I, I, I know what's happening here. And the thing is, it's true. When somebody has oily skin, you can't over dry it. If you prep it too hard, it will make it worse. <laughs> so it's more of that you have to be careful about what products you use. Of course, prep the face pro- appropriately, but drying the skin doesn't work for any skin type, really. It doesn't. (laughs) So it's about supporting it in the way that it needs to. Um, Something else to look for is oilier skin is also, um, they are prone to post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation or PIH. That is where you will see dark spots that um, have come after a breakout or an injury. Um, Usually the skin will pigment a little deeper where there's been any like big, small injury. Um, That can also be UV exposure. It's difficult for them to, like, they'll, they'll, their tans last longer, that sort of a thing. That's a little more indicative of oily skin. Um, interesting enough, oily skin is not always indicative of acne. So, as we were stating earlier, acne is truly an inflammatory condition more than it is an oily skin condition. Those do not go hand in hand. They're a little different. This is why often when people go for acne-based skincare lines... They go for the one that's labeled like for oily skin. And I'm like, no, there's a lot of qualifying questions that need to come there. A lot. <laughs> like a lot. Like, well, let's, let's, let's back it up a little. Very few people actually need a pure start to finish acne like line. And it's totally there. They, there are people. A hundred percent. But yes. what's interesting, especially if you look at the beauty counter, counter control line, they have, it was very smartly formulated. They have a great cleanser. They have a prep, like a toner. They have a treatment for people that are having an issue because oily skin absolutely can have problems with bacteria because that oil protects the bacteria. So it needs the treatment, but it's a treatment, meaning as needed, not every three days, not every day, not every, not even once a week, even if you needed. It's a treatment, you know, and then it's got a true moisture protective measure just for that skin type because like oily skin doesn't really need as much moisture it needs more like uh let's tell the skin it needs to be chill it needs to be calm it doesn't need high actives it's you know what i mean so it's interesting how people choose to um pull their skincare it's always a little more culturally based than it is in like what kind of skin type you are that's really interesting um, some of the other things to talk about are causes, actually. Um, I already kind of covered this a little bit, but it's really about due to genetics, environmental factors, such as lifestyle, diet, that sort of a thing. Sometimes oily skin can truly become start from over drying the skin, especially in our teenagers. And what happens is, is we over dry it, over dry it, over dry it, and those pores get stretched out and we kind of induce a state of oily, you know, and it can last 
for as long as until our hormones change. And then our body forces it to go into a different state. Because as we, especially for women, as our estrogen levels drop and we get older, and especially going through menopause and our estrogen levels are low, uh, our, our moisture content drops. Which people with dry skin is not the greatest. I'm, I'm kind of like, ha, okay. I'm not looking forward to it. But at least I understand what to do with it now. So <laughs> there is that. There are a couple variations that I want to cover in this one. It's really just straight up oily skin or you're going to see oily acne prone skin. Um, the interesting thing about the oily acne prone is actually more of showing you what kind of advanced, like what stage is the oily skin in. If it's producing so much oil that it's protecting bacteria, because we all have bacteria on our skin, right? We can't and we shouldn't get rid of all the bacteria on our skin. But if we have too much bacteria on there, the oil will actually protect it. Oil is incredibly good at protecting things when there's enough of it. And so if we have bacteria on the face, it's going to protect it and it's going to keep it from getting washed off. It's going to keep it from getting exposed to treatments. And it's and so it's important that sometimes you do have to cut through the oil to be able to get treatments where it needs to go. But um, by no means does oil cause acne. It's more bacteria and inflammation cause acne. So and the oil is like almost just like makes it complicated. Sealing it in mm-hmm. complication of <laughs> acne. <laughs> The answer is always, it depends. Yeah, oh my gosh. So true. <laughs> okay, what about normal slash combination skin? Because this is one that has like, there's a lot of myths we're going to have to bust through with this one. <laughs> yes. When we do like a whole episode about it. But what are some defining characteristics of like normal and combination skin? Okay, normal. Some defining combina- or defining definition of this is normal combination skin is often experienced with dryness, usually at the top of the brow and on the cheeks. Um, where normal tends to have a well-balanced moisture, like T-zone, like they're not going to be flaky there. They're not going to feel overly, you know, oily, but they're going to be like, yeah, sometimes around dinner time I feel kind of shiny or in certain circumstances I feel shiny in those areas. Um, a lot of times normal to combo skin have texture around their hairline and, um, sometimes top of cheekbone, uh, definitely along the jawline as well. And, I find that combo skin to slash normal skin has the the most the biggest complaint they have is that it's like when I put makeup on it's like everything's worse everything's like the texture's worse and then I got the oil and then it's kind of like why am I doing any of this in the first place um so I find that combo skin usually is a cause of over drying truth be told a lot of time combo skin is a common is because somebody got a breakout which is totally understandable. It happens, especially if there's like food things going on in the body. Like, because food could absolutely like stir a breakout that's going going to happen. And somebody goes, I need to dry my skin. <laughs> so the body goes, I'm going to send oil. <laughs> but it doesn't because it's um, the pores are not large enough in other parts of the face. It only really happens in the T-zone. Um, something else that I can see is pretty typical is that the cheek area and the top of the forehead get neglected pretty heavily with skincare. And so that's when the texture starts to begin. And because as we get older, our skin starts to slow its cell turnover rate. That's the first thing to go is slow, slower cell turnover rate and collagen production. But we'll see less um, or see more texture in those areas for sure. And you'll start to see that drying products make everything worse. So somebody will try a new line that's supposed to be balancing which sometimes is translation for dry you out <laughs> like so you see the word balance really look at it carefully 
so be like what do you yeah, mean that's balance? a good point yeah i so i have i probably am in the dry slash i tend toward kind of this combination area sometimes depending on the I season and everything and one of the things that i find that really helps me is when i am treating a breakout i really treat each of those like lesions as individual pieces of skin so i will do my normal skincare routine i'm not under moisturizing i'm not changing much as far as like dealing with the inflammatory breakouts and man that a a great spot treatment like the sos spot treatment from beauty counter so i will do my all of my skincare and then i will take like a makeup remover wipe and remove the skincare from like the very itty bitty center pinpoint like pinpoint and just to make sure the salicylic acid in that that treatment is is penetrating through because i've got like i got like treatment i got i got serum i got oil (laughs) i got got moisturizer there's all sorts of things on there so i just i and that helps that that one little spot get taken care of but i'm also making sure i'm moisturizing like right around it oh yes because what happens in, in that situation is that the if you were not careful about exactly where we put those, those treatments are supposed to do their job. They will dry you out. And all you need is like a pinprick of product too. Yes. It's literally just like the top of the mountains, what we call it. You know, those like Q-tips that you have like the pointy end. I take that and I put it in my, my acne spot treatment and just dab it in that one little area. And I'm also not touching it with my finger, which is always good. Yeah. That's kind of nice. I also tell people you literally can take the end of a pin, take the top of it, grab a little product and dot 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 yeah and like if if that's like you can use your finger it's just a lot harder because you can't see right well i have a toddler who likes to help me with my skincare so i'm not bringing a pin toward my face in any way (laughs) does he really put stuff on your face oh he helps me with the containers and stuff adorable he also helps my product (laughs) well he helps me with my makeup too in the morning oh my god that's adorable i'm again like don't touch my stuff (laughs) i let him i let him like my cream base like my um highlighter sticks and stuff like that i let him like put it on my face and then i blend it out oh that's so cute and he likes to play with my brushes which honestly makes me clean them a lot more often because i don't want him to have a bunch of stuff on his hands or face or whatever or you want his stuff to get on your stuff exactly that was (laughs) that's more more the motivation because i'm not really worried about the products i use right i use healthy products and so i'm not really worried about it so okay (laughs) so as far as like variations of this skin type go i feel like there's a huge spectrum yeah Mm -hmm. but in general like what are the variations of this skin type like Cassie was saying this can totally very pretty broad but really it's normal so you find yourself having a pretty even balance you have times where you're more oily or times you're more dry but you kind of for the most part are pretty normal um there's people that are combo that are truly oily in their t-zone feel somewhat normal to dry everywhere else then there's also the combo acne prone those are the people that see a lot of breakouts on their chin their mouth their nose in between their brow those areas that's typically where combo acne is going to see their breakouts sometimes they can see the breakouts in their cheek because they're so dry that their skin barrier is not can't do its job and so that that can actually be a part of it uh but there's a lot to say about each type but those are the general variations of each (laughs) for combo normal yes i love it yeah cool and now we've got mature left yeah, so mature. We we went back and forth about whether we needed to include this one, but I feel like this one's necessary because this really applies. Most people have a pretty even playing field on their skin after postmenopause. So this really is like a huge category of women. Like, well, even like postpartum, I feel like my skin changed so much and yeah. became a lot more normal, weirdly. Yeah. Um, 
And it actually changed a lot after I stopped breastfeeding. Oh my gosh. Me too. Because my body was like, oh, oh you're, you're getting done. nutrition again. Cool. I know. Breastfeeding <laughs> it sucked me dry. Oh, they get everything they need straight from your body. I wish I would have known what I know now. <laughs> I even knew it and it was still hard. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's almost like you need somebody to take care of you that knows all of it. <laughs> you know? So true. Oh, okay. So mature skin. Some of the characteristics to look for are um, fine lines around the eyes, uh, the lips, the, the lip lines will go more up and down. Whereas the ones around your eye kind of fan out around the corners. Um, um, crow's feet. Crow's feet. Yes, ma'am. Yep. And then between the brow. So like those 11 marks that people talk about yeah mm-hmm. um and then smiling lines near um kind of they're called the nasal labial folds but the lines that you get from like your nose in that c shape down to your chin and then also if you squeeze your eyes shut and you know you squeeze them really tight and then let go do you bounce back pretty quickly <laughs> it'll over time that will become less and less and that's part of it and also the vertical lines in your forehead are also other things to look for as your skin starts to mature most people know this <laughs> <laughs> I think this is why I'm just going to plan on having bangs for the rest of my life. <laughs> I have a very expressive forehead. Oh, girl. There's a reason why I choose to do Botox because my wow. forehead, I don't think I could stop. I did try because I didn't do Botox for 10 years, so I tried. <laughs> so some other things to look for um, that you'll get a little more freckles, maybe your age spots. Um, age spots are a little more darker around the corners around the edges and a little lighter in the center so some people ask me like what is the difference between a freckle and age spot because sometimes freckles can all gather in like a lot of them in one spot and they kind of look like age spots but they're really just a lot of freckles Um, but you'll notice more pigmentation as you get older um, when your skin is maturing so those are some of the the major things to look for your skin also will get drier as you get older, which is just a sign that your body is done making certain cells and some of the um, just things are starting to break down a little bit. So the whole point of like anti-aging skincare is to support those processes and things that are happening. A big issue with aging skin is lack of cell turnover. Yeah. Right. For new, new skin cells, you're getting less, the rate is slower. Mm -hmm. So any kind of skincare that will um, speed up cell turnover stimulate like, stimulate, stimulate mm-hmm. production that's good yep for sure for sure some of the causes um are things that you probably already know but some of the ones you're yeah, getting w- old yeah <laughs> chronological aging people that it's a real just, thing yeah you literally can't pause the time unless you have oily skin so uh photo aging though is a really big problem I, you hear people talk about uv damage all the time but it is much more serious than you think like it's it you absolutely can prolong your age on your like the how it looks if you are more careful at your uv exposure and the protection and all of those things so anyone else lamenting their tanning bed experiences <laughs> as, a, as a 15 year old because i am oh man there's so many times where i'm like okay well, i'm yeah. really lucky that like i kind of realized it mm. not i didn't really realize i was just like this is a lot like making time for this yeah no so. it's like a, a crazy hobby but it was I, like a little hobby. It is. It was like trying to keep up with it. And there was, I don't know, I think there's, uh, for instance, so my mom is in her mid 60s and she had a heat stroke when she was in high school and she also had really severe seasonal allergies. So naturally she spent less time outdoors out not being outside because it was very problematic for her. And she has 
and she was very very good about her sunscreen application for her entire life because it always felt like life or death for her in situations Mm. (laughs) and it wasn't just like oh I want my skin to be pretty it was I would like to be able to go back outside again tomorrow so I better take these protective measures and things and she has stunning skin for her age oh like she doesn't even realize but she gets around other people her age and she's like oh (laughs) I I actually I think my skin is doing okay and I'm like your skin is doing okay super good so between chronological aging to the photo aging advanced glycation sounds so fancy (laughs) but it's so true so like glycation of tissue is like hardening Mm -hmm. almost calcifying of tissues yes and when you have glycated tissues they're a lot less accepting of nutrients in Mm -hmm. they also don't hang on to them well they don't communicate well cell to cell so this is like in if we're talking about like glycating cells in like atherosclerosis like heart disease yeah this is where you get plaques in your arteries because of advanced glycation yeah and so this is where we talk like this is the really interesting part about aging ages advanced glycation end products i'm such a nerd i love love it so Um, so i mean through that whole process one of the things that's really interesting we actually talked about this in episode four with the oil dry versus water dry i think maybe episode three too um is that there's a really really strong body of evidence out there as to like skin health is and and essentially like serious premature aging happens in those who have blood sugar issues. Yeah. And this is what happens when you, the glycation is essentially a, a, a process that happens in your cells down the road from excess insulin production, excess insulin circulating in the bloodstream, et cetera. And so um, it's, it's not like a clear line between, you know, when your cells are not glycated and when they are, but it's all a blood process. It's it's foundationally a blood sugar issue. Yeah. Um, And when you find that people who have like type one, type two diabetes, um, anything kind of in the realm of blood sugar, insulin resistance, like it really does affect your skin. Yes. Um, And that it just goes back to like, we got to get back to eating like foundational nutrition in order to support the body. So anyways, I can really geek out about. Oh, we're going to. Advanced glycation. So I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm excited. I know this, this, this one's coming soon. So you guys are going to get to experience this one sooner than later. But a lot of the advanced glycation and also free radical damage, which are a lot of environmental factors. I I could do almost a whole episode on free radical damage, um, have a lot to do with the structure of the skin. So when people start to talk about like the breakdown of collagen and the breakdown of our, our cell structure itself, like how it's using nutrients and things like that, that's what advanced like glycation and free radical damage are talking about. Um, one of the other causes is lack of hydration. Um, also part of that is having a skincare routine that aids the process that your skin's not doing so well anymore with. Um, but really, the lack of hydration is something hopefully we can address within skin, every skin type because you can see problems within all of them because every skin type needs the water just like it needs the oil. So, yes. And then what about variations of mature skin? Uh, variations on mature, mature skin really have to do with what degree are you seeing problems in what area. Like you can have um, a lot of hyperpigmentation. You can have a lot of fine lines. You can have a lot of... Uh, A lot of some of the other things you'll see are a breakdown of the skin in some areas versus others. I mean, they've seen this in some of the um, interesting, one of the more interesting ones is um, truckers that spend a lot of time with one side of their face out um, in a window. 
Like it is literally like you could draw a line straight down their face and it's the side that's been exposed to the sun for decades. I mean, and they roll down their window. I mean, everything. And the, that's the thing fascinating. Is, is you don't even have to roll down your window. No, it, you don't. It no. gets right through. Yes. There's certain rays that get blocked by the window, but the ones that age you get through. <laughs> fun, right? Great. Yeah. yeah, fun. We need like a special shade. Oh, yeah. the window. I would be fine with that. Or just wear your sunscreen. Safe sunscreen, please. <laughs> yeah, people don't think about wearing sunscreen while you drive. Yeah, your hands. You guys, your This goes for people who just like drive a lot for their job too, mm-hmm. not just truckers, right? Your hands and your neck get neglected the most. Even the most con- like concerned person over their photo aging of their face usually forget their neck and their hands. I can't even tell you how many hand treatments I did in the med spa. Hmm. Like, cause your I'd hands... like some hand treatments done. I definitely see some aging. My hands look older than the rest of my body. I feel like my hands have always been wrinklier than the rest of my body, but it's genetic. We should see my mom's hands the same way. Same thing. I just thought, look at all those lines in my hands. Oh my gosh. Like, but they don't, I don't know. It's just a genetic thing. <laughs> so yeah. really that's just, and the variations really are just where is your body needing the more support in those different symptoms and things that you're seeing in chronological aging. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, and I'd love I love to chat about sensitive skin really quick too because I think um a lot of this a lot of the chat around sensitive skin is it's kind of a misnomer like sensitive skin is I mean it's kind of a thing but it's kind of not really a thing. Kind of just you dry get skin. <laughs> well, you just get sensitivity when you have an imbalance in the skin. Yeah, right? when you don't have that moisture yeah. support. Yeah. So like a lot of people come to us when they're looking for skincare stuff either like beauty counter related or Jen's doing some sort of consult with them and it's like, "Well, I have highly sensitive skin." It's like everybody has sensitive skin. <laughs> like yes. You're sensitive to garbage ingredients. Like yes. that's part of it too, right? Mm-hmm. So so much pe- so many people out there who think they're sensitive, they're actually sensitive to things that are harming their body right which is like everybody should be sensitive to that i hope so um but i will say like you know i when you have skin that you feel like has a lot of sensitivities you managing that can be kind of a challenge and it takes pretty considerable time and effort to determine like which ingredients are causing inflammation and irritation for you specifically in this period of life yes um and it really i cannot recommend enough like making the process easier introducing like new formulas and new products one at a time spot spot testing is really important And um, great places to do that are inside of your forearm, like kind of toward your wrist, um, behind the ear, and then along the jawline are great places to test things and see and make sure that your skin isn't flaring up at all. And then if you don't see any flare up, you can test that on your whole face. But a lot of people who have sensitive skin kind of step into like revamping their entire routine. And it's like, no, 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 you need to change one thing at a time. As much as I would love to sell you, hundreds of dollars of skincare <laughs> like <laughs> what I would love more is for you to get the results that you're looking for right so that's really important I think is just kind of being patient with that and and you know taking some time and I I do really want to say like it's really you guys you guys know how passionate we are about the Craptus and personal care products it is not enough um to look for labels that identify formulas as like non-irritating or non-sensitizing and they're free of parabens and fragrances and mineral oil and sulfates and phthalates and all sorts of things like it it goes deeper than that because you can still have sensitivity to high quality great ingredients absolutely um i'm really sensitive to caffeine i can't do caffeine based eye creams they just don't work for me Mm -hmm. um i get irritation that part of my skin like the moisture barrier still hasn't quite 
kind of come together. Mm. And so I just get more sensitivity there. So I'm mindful of that because I know I've, uh, when I've tried a new eye cream, I always make sure it's the only thing I'm changing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I test it in other places too. Now, having said that, I think it's really important that people know that because everybody, not everybody, a lot of people try to do their skincare on their own. They think I'm going to just I'm going to, I'm going to fix my skin is how they're, you know, same with the nutrition. I'm sure. Uh, are, yes. Uh, yes. It's okay to get professional help. <laughs> yes. Like I, I really want to make sure that people know that you can trust a professional to help you switch out like an entire skincare line, but they're going to do it thoughtfully. Yeah. Like when I have somebody who comes to me and they've got, um, they've got super bad acne breakouts right now that are active that's a sign that they're reactive they're inflamed and i'm like okay we're gonna take this from a really like we're gonna like calm it down yeah you know, we're gonna calm this down and we're not gonna do anything that's going to hopefully flare you and the other thing is is that i'm i'm very aware of what could cause issues and what may not cause issues and how okay well we really need this to happen so we're gonna make sure we do this too yes and so but that's why you get people with certifications and people that are like that make that their career so don't feel afraid to, to reach out to a professional in this in a situation where you're like I just I'm so frustrated <laughs> like I just need more Help. but if you're trying to do it by yourself do yourself a favor and just step into it so you can accurately especially if you really want to just I'm just going to do everything I can I had recently had a skin consult of someone who did an excellent job of sleuthing things out just for themselves really terrible breakouts frustrating like painful frustrating breakouts and um did a really great job got to the point where their active breakouts were gone but they still had a lot of things that they wanted to work on with inflammation redness that sort of a thing and came to me with like i mean like a a journal of like i tried this this happened i tried that this happened i went to this this happened whether it was good or bad and i i mean I, i was so blown away at their ability to document (laughs) that I appreciated it so anytime you want to go to a professional having all the knowledge you can behind how you your body reacts to certain ingredients and a certain situation certain time of the year can really be very telling about how to help you be the most successful to get to that next step Mm. in your skincare regimen I love that it's really helpful well and you guys Jen's not going to plug herself so I will (laughs) (laughs) she does skin consult so um, I'll put the I'll put the link in the show notes for you guys to um, reach out to her and get some professional advice like even for those of you beautiful people who work for you know work with us um, alongside beauty counter like just because you are selling the stuff does not mean that you know how to deal with your own skin issues (laughs) this is what I've learned right yeah and so and actually like learning a lot about my skin through you has helped me a lot to help other people I've been told that before I love that oh it's huge it's absolutely huge so make sure you guys book a skincare consult with Jen she'll throw you a quote and tell you kind of what you need as far as the time goes and everything and and get that set up yes um the last thing I want to talk about is just like your skin type can change over time and we kind of alluded to this when we first started the episode but our like our skin's needs change so much and stages of life right hormonal changes as women we see this happen a few times throughout our lives um you know in like basically like prepubescent to puberty into like moving into our 20s we see a shift um we see a shift like before and after we have a kid um we see it at, uh, during like pre- premenopausal peri and postmenopausal everything can also changes see this in prolonged periods of sickness too like if you're yes. dealing with things like yeah. mono 
Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, any any kind of inflammatory condition that affects your body's ability to deliver nutrition, so like di- like chronic inflammatory digestive yes, issues. Absolutely. You see a lot of skin aging that happens. Oh, yes. Because their skin's not getting nutrition. Just like you said, mm-hmm. it's going to be the last thing that gets yep. taken care of, right? Every mm-hmm. Your vital organs are going to be taken care of first. There's a lot going on when that happens. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. So, um, and I, I have, I've seen this a lot, actually, in, in my nutrition practice in the past, too. So, obviously, like it can change over time throughout your lifetime, but it can also change over time seasonally, um, you know, with your climate and all of that. And really honestly, taking the steps to best identify what it needs is so essential for great function of the skin, obviously for aesthetics too. Um, and keeping the health of your skin in mind and kind of checking in regularly yeah. and being like, okay, seasonally, what, what, what's changing? What do I need to do? Um, and you can obviously think about that on like the nutrition side of things too. Like how can I support my body in different ways throughout these seasons of life and throughout so the year? So true. So I love that. Well, this is really fun. I'm super yeah. excited to get to dive into each type so much deeper. Kickoff episode. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.